Welcome to another episode of the Grace Lace Podcast. I'm Eve Stipes, and today my co-host Ruth Jo Simons and I are talking about the third principle in a series about learning to intentionally embrace our limitations. And the question we're talking about today is, will God ever give us more than we can handle? I'm sure it's a question you've asked before. So today's episode is for anyone who wrestles with trusting the Lord for everything that's unknown, everything that stretches us beyond what we think is even possible. And here's our disclaimer. Ruth and I are totally working through this right now. We know we can't control everything and part of embracing our limitations means resting in God's sovereignty and then exercising faith. You're definitely going to want a cup of coffee for this one. So get one and let's get started. Okay, Eve, embracing limitations. It's so hard, right? Uh, Yeah, it's way harder than I think it should be. So hard. And here's the question we're talking about today. Does God give us more than we can handle? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Will he ask us to take steps that stretch beyond what we feel our capacity is? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Contrary (laughs) to the cute graphics you see all over, God does call us to obedience, even when our capacity hasn't changed. We still have to take action. And I think that's the the paradigm shift that we have to tackle, and we're going to do it today. Yeah. So you and I were just talking even before we hopped on here about like, yeah, where do we see this play out in the Bible? And there are lots of examples that come to mind. Once we start talking, it's like, oh yeah, and then this one, and then that one. But examples of where God does not change a person's capacity for the thing that he's asking them to do Mm -hmm. until they've taken a step of faith, until they've said yes to him, until they have taken action and just like started. So you were talking about Abraham and Sarah. Let's you describe what you were saying to me about how this plays out for them. I mean, here's the thing, because when we're talking about this topic, immediately what comes to mind is this past week of my life. I think about how um, I am supposed to be writing a book and the <laughs> capacity. To be. I mean, I had to throw out that word because <laughs> by the time this airs, um, maybe hopefully God willing, I will have either turned it in or come yep. really close to turning in it. But here's the thing. I feel like my capacity is so limited right now that I'm questioning my calling. Like I'm questioning mm. whether I'm even the right person for this. I'm going, what business do I have to write a book if my brain feels a little mushy right now and I have to take several days off at a time to go and do other parts of my job and do other things. And I feel like I'm limited in my capacity. And then I have to say no to having dinner with friends because I need to be home with my kids to do homework and to hear hearts and work through things before I get on a plane and go speak somewhere else again. And so we can talk about rearranging schedules another day, another time, and we're working on that. But The question is, has God still called me to do the very things that I'm doing right now? Um, Serving my family as a mama, writing a book, leading a team, um, running a business and a ministry. Has he called me to that? Or do I have to question that just because my capacity hasn't changed? And so when I think about that, I immediately, my mind goes to the story of Abraham and Sarah and God's covenant with Abraham that he would father a great nation and that yeah. through him, all the nations would be blessed, we read in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And it's the most unthinkable promise to <laughs> Abraham and Sarah because what right. was their capacity and limitations issues? 
Um, they're old. Super old. Like a <laughs> like hundred. Yes. Yeah. Even in biblical by biblical standards, right. it was old and past the Bible says well past the years that they could have children. children. Yeah. And they had been another limitation, another capacity issue is that they were barren. They have never successfully had children. Right. And so um yeah, it it even says the scriptures even say that Sarah laughed. Right, like she. I love that. Like it's so comforting to me to, on some level, to know yeah. that, yeah. Like when God does ask the things that are beyond what we can imagine, it's like, what? Like I want to laugh. Like that seems crazy right. to me. And then, do you remember? Just as an aside, do you remember she was like, "I didn't laugh," and right. was like, "You did laugh." <laughs> like I saw you. I heard you. <laughs> so funny. Why we think we can hide things from the Lord, right? But the 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 thing that we got to see there is that God asked Abraham and Sarah to trust him, to have faith, to believe what he was saying about his promises, even when they could not see a way through and a way in which that would happen because of their own limitations and capacity. That's what God was asking for them to do. And the truth is they took things into their own hands and they tried to manipulate and um, fix the situation because they were like, wow, we have limitations. Our limitations are yeah. things that God can't work with. So we might we might as well fix it ourselves and find another mm-hmm. woman to have this baby because our limitations are impossible for God. Yeah. And God's like, that's completely the Not wrong true. way to go for it. Well, and it's okay. interesting too, because those limitations were God given to begin with, right? Like God gave them exactly. those limitations on purpose. It wasn't like, oh man, guess they're just stuck. Like he created those limitations and was still going to work through them and needed them to have a response. So yeah, it's just, and in fact, the limitations, I mean, I think what we're realizing is that God gives us limitations so that we would say, gosh, I really don't have everything in my toolbox and all things in my tool belt to be like, I've got this. I can do this. I was the chosen one for the right reason. Right. That it's actually so that we would say, I really don't think I can. So Lord, if you have me here, if you have chosen me to be the mom of these children, if you've given me this job, if you've given me this trial, if you, like Paul says, um, choose to not take away the thorn mm-hmm. that I've asked repeatedly. Like if you're not going to take away this thing that I feel like is a weakness and in a trial in my life, then you're going to provide for the thing that you called me to, which is what we see exactly in the story of Abraham and Sarah and the birth of Isaac and ultimately yeah. that God provided when and how he chose to. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention kind of maybe just as an aside to here, like I'm sure people are thinking, but like, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that God won't give you more than you can handle? Like, where is that just, am I imagining that? Is that a real verse? Is that like an old wives tale? Like, what is? Well, we all quoted that when we were kids, right? I don't know what generation you're in, but I remember when I was a kid, that was like a famous, famous verse that you had put on all things, all communications, and we probably could buy little cards with it on there. And I think we misunderstood the verse. Read it and- Tell us what verse we're talking about. Okay. So this actually, this verse, the context of it is talking about temptation. So here it is. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability 
but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So it's really not even about yeah. this, but at the same time, I feel like this verse always gets brought into the conversation where we misquote it and we misthink it and we are like, uh-huh. oh, he'll never give me more than I can handle. But the truth is, God, he, in will. The big, he actually will, because in the big scheme of things, he will never give us anything outside of his will and his plan. Yeah. But more than I can handle, absolutely. More than yeah. I think I have capacity for, absolutely. Yes. So he will indeed give us more than we think we can handle. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, when you think about all of the miracles that we see Jesus perform in the New Testament and not every single time, but in many instances, he asks the person who's going to be healed to take a step of faith Mm -hmm. before that healing is like completed or before they feel it. So a couple of examples for you in Mark chapter two, we've got the guy who gets lowered down into the house by his friends. And that in itself is a pretty big, like, step of faith, right? Let's Uh go ahead and cut a hole in the ceiling and just like let this guy down. And still when Jesus sees him and they kind of had this interaction and he eventually says, okay, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Now, when we just read it, it seems like, yeah, no big deal. He just does it. But for that man who has not been able to walk to hear Jesus say, rise, pick up your bed and go, that's a pretty big deal to be like, but I, I can't. That's why I'm here. Like, I need you to do something. Something has to change before I'm able to complete what you're asking me to do. Absolutely. And so as yeah. he gets up and goes, he realizes like, yeah, the healing has has happened. Um, same thing, the man with the withered hand in the next chapter in Mark. He says, stretch out your hand. Like, there's a, a piece of stepping out in faith beyond what you think is possible before Jesus heals. Um, I think about even sending out the the 12 disciples, right? When he sends them out and he says like, basically I'm sending you in the power of the Holy spirit, but don't take money. Don't take extra clothes. Like just go, you're going to be fine. Visit these different places and see what happens. And they come back rejoicing, but to take that step of faith and be like, I'm literally not going to take any extra cash in my pocket when Mm -hmm. I'm going to this place seems totally beyond what they could handle on their own. Yes. So what we're describing here in each of these stories and these accounts in scripture and really what we can extrapolate for our own lives is that we're called to exercise faith, Mm -hmm. even when our limitations and our capacities don't see change, when our limitations aren't lifted, when suddenly not everything is fits neatly into our lives. We are called to exercise faith. And so I think we can get real practical and start thinking about what are ways in which we can do that? Like, Hmm. what does that mean? Is it exercise faith as in we just sit there and we go, I believe, I believe I'm (laughs) going to, no, I mean, uh, for Abraham and Sarah, it meant to pick it, pick up all their belongings and start heading where God was telling them to go. It was to believe and order their lives in accordance to what God has asked them to do. And so they had to take one step at a time, mm-hmm. even when their circumstances hadn't changed, even when they hadn't been given the keys to the city, when they right. hadn't um, given birth to a child, they had to still step out in obedience. So what does that look like for me and you? I, I'd start by saying, I think it means that we, one, invite wise counsel. So it might mean that we step out in yeah. faith by including um, godly wise people in our lives and say, um, 
I'm struggling with capacity. I feel like God's yeah. really asked me to do this, or I've already been given this to do, like in motherhood. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it's not just God's asked me to. I I am in this. This is the job. This is the job. <laughs> and I feel weak in this. I feel like if God wants me to do this, why can't he just make mm-hmm. me a different person? Why can't he just change my capacity, change the yeah. way I am? And inviting somebody to encourage us and to speak into it, I think one is a great step of faith and a great way to exercise our faith by um, involving a community, involving somebody else in yeah. our lives. Um, I think we talked about this in a different episode, but I think embracing the limitation by actually being obedient with um laying down our work and saying, I trust God more than I trust my hustling. So I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to (laughs) practice Sabbathing in my heart even, and just saying, Hey, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to rest today. And I'm going to spend time not trying to make every last dollar or fixing all the problems. That's exercising faith. Yeah. And then I also think about, um, I'm not sure if we mentioned it in this season yet, but Kevin DeYoung's little book, Just Do Something, is a Mm -hmm. short and great little book, but um, he says this as an encouragement. But put aside the passivity and the quest for complete fulfillment and the perfectionism and the preoccupation with the future. And for God's sake, start making some decisions in your life. Don't wait for the liver shiver. (laughs) If you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you will be in God's will. So just go out and do something. End Mm. quote. What he's saying there is sometimes you and I and our listeners, we might sit there and go, I don't feel a major sign from God. I haven't seen it written across the sky. I don't feel like I'm amazing at this thing that I'm Or ready for this thing. Ready, right? Or ready. Yes. Or I really, I mean, just between me and you, I'll use the example since I brought it up. I would love to write a book in a cabin in the woods with no notifications that anything (laughs) is burning down in any other area of my life. And I would love to sip high dollar coffee and just (laughs) have like daily massages brought to the cabin where I'm like, this is beautiful. And I'm really meditating to take three hour long prayer walks that would really enlarge my heart so that I'd be ready to write. That sounds, sounds lovely. Yeah. But instead, what I have is this the desperation of a woman who's clinging to the Lord and saying, I have a message. Hmm. And sometimes I feel like I don't have the words. God, please give me the words. I'm desperate for your words in my own life. And if you choose, I'm going to take those words and put it on paper to serve others. Give me the capacity and the ability to speak as rightly as possible the exact things that you are training me to do in my own life. That's how I'm writing this book. And so I'm not waiting for the liver shiver. Like you said, I'm not waiting for it to be like, wow, it is is beautiful. And you are really, Ruth, you are really angelic and you've grown so much and (laughs) God is shining on you. You are just the right person. Let me fix your halo. Yes. Um, (laughs) No, I feel like a sinner who, um, I don't just feel like when I know I'm a sinner in need of grace and I step into everything God's called me to do because I believe in trusting him and taking a step of faith toward the direction that he's called me to go. If you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the Grace Lace podcast, we think you'll love the Grace Lace Collective community. 
join with a monthly or annual subscription and access exclusive content and encouragement directly from Ruth. You can connect and grow with a community of like-minded women who want to love Jesus more and find ways to apply the God's word to their everyday lives. And you'll be inspired to embrace the season you're in with fun lifestyle resources from Ruth and the Grace Lace team that you can't get anywhere else. If you're ready to exchange the noise of social media for authentic, gospel-centered content, join us. Learn more at gracelacedcollective.com. Yeah, it's interesting. This season, really, each episode kind of does build on the next one. So if mm-hmm. this is the first one that you're tuning in for, I would encourage you to head back and and start with the beginning of this season where we talk about embracing your limitations. The second one we talked about was knowing your, what you're called to and then saying no with confidence. Um, and so this one is kind of beyond that. What do we do when it just feels like we still have to do something. We, we know what we're called to, and we've said no to all the things we can say no to. And yet there remains a task that still feels like it's just more than we can handle. And it's so easy to get stuck in worrying about how we're going to accomplish it and letting that worry and the anxiety it produces kind of just paralyze us so that we just sit and we don't do anything and we still feel stretched, but we're not taking any steps of faith. And it just feels messy. In Kevin DeYoung's book, another quote that I really appreciated, he says, worry about the future is not simply a character tick. It is the sin of unbelief, an indication that our hearts are not resting in the promises of God. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That one hit me hard. Right. And because I think it's really easy for us just to sit in our worry and then complain about it. I mean, that's my natural posture. My natural posture is to freak out about things And then rather than choosing to order my life in obedience, I just fuss about it and go like, this is impossible. This is impossible. And I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Listen, friends, I'm not saying, Eve's not saying we don't voice our. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're voicing our fears. We're voicing our lack of capacity. It is right and normal to get together with friends and say, this is hard. I feel like I can't do this. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if it's not that we don't voice those things. It's just that we cannot sit forever in a wallowing of, Mm -hmm. I guess I just don't know how to take another step because I don't feel like I have the capacity or I don't feel like I'm the right girl for the job. Instead, the our only options truly are in obedience is to either say, hey, I'm not in alignment with what God's called me to do, so I need to say no to some things, or mm-hmm. I've already taken care of some of those areas that I've overcommitted, and now I just need to step out in faith yeah. and trust God to provide what I think is lacking in my life. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, you know, we say we're calling this episode exercise faith. And one of the simplest definitions of the word faith is just believing that what God says is true, like that what he says he will do, he will do like just believing that what he says is actually true. And so all of the promises that he's made about being with us and enabling us and empowering us with his spirit, we have to believe that those are actually true. So as we wrap up for today, um, we're going to ask our simple questions that we do with every episode. What's the gospel truth and why does it matter? And then what's one small way that we can apply that truth to our lives? Because we're not talking about like 
we're going to go change everything, but one small way to kind of move forward. I think that the gospel truth for this episode is really similar to the first episode. We're intentionally not able to do everything. There are God-given limitations, but God invites us to trust him. And that's really the basis of the gospel, right? That we cannot do anything on our own. And we're invited to trust in Jesus' sacrifice Mm -hmm. for the forgiveness of our sins, something we're never going to be able to achieve on our own. Well, and I'll just say, we love Ephesians 3, 20 and 20, 21, 22, Um, to him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. We love that verse as a reminder that God can do the impossible, but that verse ultimately is pointing to what Paul's pointing to is the fact that. Jesus did the impossible by bringing us back to the presence of God as redeemed, Mm -hmm. forgiven, um, justified. So if he can do that, what you just described, Eve, the gospel is the truth. The truth of the gospel is that if he can do that, if he can reconcile us to God, the father through the blood of Christ, Mm. then not nothing is out of his realm to provide for, to make right, to give us capacity for, to provide in a way where we cannot rely on ourselves, but rely on him instead. Yeah. He can do that. Yeah. And it matters because I know a phrase that you like to use and we think it's Spurgeon, right? That God's callings are his enablings. Yeah. And that matters. He's not asking us beyond what he is able to do in us. Amen. So what's one small thing you think? you're going to take away from this episode? Mm, Exercising faith. Well, I think in some ways what we're talking about is what's the next thing you're going to do in obedience, right? So maybe our one small thing is in each of our lives is what's the next step in obedience um, that you know you have to take? And this is for all our listeners too, like maybe jot it down. What's What do you know you need to do as the next small thing, the next step of faith in the area that you feel maybe lacking in? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's to sit my booty down and (laughs) keep on plugging away um, and not wait for a moment of brilliance or wait for Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm such a great communicator. (laughs) Or when it will feel easy yes, or to not wait for that, but to use discipline and say, mm. I know that God's asked me to do this. And so I'm going to order my life. And my next one small thing is I'm going to sit down when it's on my schedule and not wait for um, everything to feel amazing and easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. When you put it that way, I think my next small thing is to continue to invest time in training my children, (laughs) like to not just choose Mm -hmm. the ignorant easy way. Like I'm just going to pretend they didn't say that or didn't do that thing. And we'll just let it slide. But to be diligent about like doing the thing that I know I've been called to do with a patient, compassionate heart. You didn't ask for this, but I can't help but be a little bit of an older mama and not <laughs> say something. You. So I'm just going to take a motherhood moment for right now. This is just a freebie, but um, <laughs> like derailing this convo. But you know what would really help Eve is if, because it's overwhelming as a mom to be like, 
oh my goodness, I see all these things I want to disciple my kids in. And right. what you just said is I'm going to do the, my one small things. I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to keep teaching. But what happens in the moment is you're like, there's so much. And so what always helped me was to say, okay, this is the one thing hmm, I'm going to we're going to train week. on. Yeah. And this week it's, we're going to make our bed every day. Or this week we're going to say, please. Yeah. And rather than think that you have to train them to put away their socks and put away their toys and say, <laughs> please, and obey and not hit like all those things. When we're talking about little, little ones, we, we do need to train them in all those things. And we want to teach them the gospel, but it gets really overwhelming to the point of being like, yeah. I just don't have capacity. I guess I'm going to go sit and scroll my phone. Like it's yeah. just so easy to just check out. But if you say this week and then you tell them at the start yeah. of the week and you go, Hey, littles, I mean, you may, they're all littles at your house. <laughs> I have a few littles, but maybe you just say this week is, and you have a whiteboard or you have a little sign in your home and you say, yeah. we're going to work on this one thing. And then you build on that, that so that every week you're like, wow, we really got good at that. And now yeah. I'm going to work on this. And maybe that'll mm, feel good. like a one small thing that's even more tangible. So, yeah. Yeah. And more like direct. That's yeah. great. Thank you for that motherhood moment. <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in for today's episode, friends. Eve and I are learning and wrestling right alongside with you, and we're so honored to get to do this together. If you found today's conversation encouraging, we'd love for you to share on your social media platforms or send the link to a friend. We're always welcoming reviews and um, opportunities to get the word out about this podcast. So thank you for tuning in and being part of this family.